0: Hello, space nerds. Welcome to Ractigeno and Rootbeer, a Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Michael. On this podcast, we are reviewing every Deep Space Nine episode from the pilot to the finale. It'll be so exciting, it's going to give you umox. Pull up a chair and join in the discussion over some Ractigeno and Rootbeer. If you would like to contact us, set hailing frequencies to rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Today on the show, we are going to review Season 6, Episodes 11 and 12, Waltz, and Who Mourns for Mourn. Michael, why don't you start us off with a plot synopsis of Waltz.
1: All right. So, uh, Cisco is aboard the USS Honshu as it's transporting Gold cat off to a military tribunal, mm-hmm. uh, where he's going to be, I think, indicted on, on uh, war crimes charges, mm-hmm. but he'll face trial after the war is over. Um... And Gul Dukat is, is back in his right mind Because the last time we saw him He was a total mess after uh, Ziel had been killed um, En route though The Honshu is destroyed by Cardassian ships And uh, in classic Star Trek fashion uh, Sisko and Gul I should just call him Ducat, not Gul Dukat uh, Crash land on this barren planet Where mm-hmm. they have to survive together and, and duke it out yeah. Uh, and basically the whole thing is you realize that Dukat is not mentally fit that uh, he's hallucinating other people and that he's obsessed with getting respect uh, respect like we yeah. he always wanted he was that father figure he, he always wanted respect from the Bejorans. he wanted uh, respect from Cisco. he wanted Cisco to acknowledge that he's a great man uh, and then basically they have their own tribunal on this planet where Cisco um, unleashes Ducat's full evil fury, and mm-hmm. and in the end, Cisco's rescued, and Ducat takes off in his own ship, whereabouts unknown, vowing to destroy Bejor.
0: Dun dun dun. The
1: end. The end. So, what did you feel about this episode? Uh, well, it wasn't my favorite? Uh, yeah. I I was talking to, to my girlfriend about this. We've Star Trek does this a lot. She mentioned there's that one where it's a TNG episode where it's Geordie stuck on a planet with uh i can't even remember now maybe it was a Cardassian too um there's like electrical storms outside and possibly I don't and uh he loses his visor my my, my memory is going apologies listeners mm-hmm. um but you know we this always happens uh and in this one i i don't know i first of all i think that the performances were amazing
0: yeah
1: i think avery brooks is great um Ducat did a great job. I'll just call him Mark. Duk- Mark Alamo. Yeah, he was amazing too. Cause he's he he has to do a lot in the in this episode, mm-hmm. and I think he's a terrific actor. Um, and I I just got kind of tired with it. I mean, to to stretch this over forty five minutes there's no tension because you know that they'll be rescued right um so there is kind of a b plot where they're trying to figure out where they are Mm -hmm. and they're in a race against time because resources are limited and they have to zoom back somewhere else to escort a transport yeah um so you don't really pay attention to that and it's it's entirely on the psychology of ducat which is interesting we've talked about this before like why why, how tyrants kind of think, how they, how they mm-hmm. function and why they do what they do. Um, but, in, but in the end it, 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 didn't quite keep my interest all the way through. What did, what did you think of it? I generally liked it
0: actually. I thought, I thought there was tension. Yeah, obviously we know that Cisco is going to be saved. Um, but I guess the tension it is for me, what What's going to be... Because we know these characters are going to reappear. What is going to be the final state of them mm-hmm. upon the conclusion of this episode? And and how do they get there? And so that was that's what I was interested in. I, I thought it was a little strange that Gul um basically lets Sisko live. That was a little strange. They don't mm-hmm. really explain it so much. Um, why does he do that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But... I also thought it was good the way they i mean they were talking about you know who he who Ducat was and why why he or how a mass murderer can justify to themselves what they've done mm-hmm. and it is crazy, like he says that millions of Bajorans died, mm-hmm. so he is potentially responsible not just for thousands of deaths for literally millions of deaths, possibly. We're not quite sure when these millions died. Maybe they died earlier in the occupation or not. I also get some like insight into the Cardassians were planning to colonize Bajor. Yeah. That was their idea. Yeah. And that they were getting it ready for colonization. And I thought that was interesting. And, I, and I didn't it, realize it, that was part of it.
1: Yeah, that that is a neat piece of info that it had taken, the process had taken so long. That they sent in Ducat to speed it up to basically clean everything up, which is yeah. why he acted possibly the way he did in such an extreme fashion.
0: Yeah. Well, he was saying that he was he was making things better, and he was very uh, he he was confused as to why the Bajorans did not appreciate him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, he says because we were this obviously the superior race, both technologically, culturally, and all that stuff. Yeah. And. You know, and um, I, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. I think, you know, this whole, this whole arc that we're getting about um, the Dominion War is really about, you know, what, um, what it means to be a society, what it means to um, rule, I rule. think, yeah, yeah. because
1: the Dominion and the Cardassians both have. They both have a similar reasoning that they're superior, right? And that, and they're above everything and they want everyone to just acknowledge that yeah. and act peacefully towards them. Um, and when they don't, it confuses them. They're not sure why. <laughs> why are you not, you know, bending your knee to me? Um,
0: yeah. And they're and it's, it's out of insecurity, right? It's a feeling mm-hmm. like definitely with the Dominion, it's a feeling of insecurity. If they don't make everyone bow to them then they know that other people will attack them and, mm-hmm. and, and hurt them. So it's, I've, I I think that this episode allows for them to kind of explore some of these themes in a deeper way because they're, people are talking about them and, and using like a real real example, the example of the, the occupation. Mm-hmm. So for me, I liked it. I also thought actually the best part was the moment at the beginning when Dukat and Sisko are talking about Zial. And there's like genuine emotion there about about talking about this poor woman who who died. Yeah. Um, you know, it's sad that once again, sometimes this happens a lot in shows where a woman is kind of sacrificed to add meaning or depth to a storyline. And it's kind of sad that I, I I would have preferred Zial to live. You know, she was an interesting character. But it is... You know, that scene captured a lot of the mixed emotions that the two men have for each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but once again, we always have to, like, think, oh, this is a man. This is Hitler, right? How can you have any sort of connection to Hitler?
1: And and Sisko sees right through him, right? He always has, right? He's never been charmed by him. Like, he always sees him for what he truly is. But, but, it, there, but, but there was a connection there. Like it wasn't yeah. just all
0: mixed anger and you know hatred. it, yeah. it, it is a complicated relationship.
1: I I think uh, there was some weird scenes though where Cisco was kind of unnecessarily at the start, like uh, kind of a jerk. <laughs> Do you remember the pepper scene? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like why is he going out of his way to annoy him? You yeah. Know? I, I mean know they're he's... stuck on the planet. He did save his life. They just have to wait. And he's like, I want my pepper.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, he was being a bit of a jerk there. Maybe a little bit of a foodie. Well,
1: he w- he was injured and he was recovering. And, you know, um, when you're in that position, you, you can demand a, a bit from the other person. You
0: know. <laughs> Michael, is this a
1: comment on my hernia <laughs> surgery? No, no, not, not at all. Not at all. <laughs>
0: um, I did demand croissants this morning. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. So I see what you're saying in terms of, you know, it's, it's not a lot happening, but mm-hmm. for me, it... It had a. It tied into what the series is saying, and you know, it's setting up this kind of it's setting something up for later on in the series. You know, we're getting this feeling that mm-hmm. the series is going to build up to a point where Cisco uh, Dukat is going to try to destroy the Bajorans and yeah. Sisko will have to save them at some yeah. in some way.
1: And and I do I do appreciate the fact like Ducat is such an interesting character because everything that was revealed or uncovered about his psychology in this episode has been simmering below the surface and yeah. which I think makes him very complicated. And it, it was kind of nice to sort of flip it and see all like his true motivations and, and yeah. why he behaved the way he did. And that he, this is an actual evil man. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it was kind of terrifying at the end.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, he's saying like, um, you know, I, I wasn't evil because I, uh, because I didn't, what was it? I didn't kill them all. Oh, I wanted to kill them all, but I didn't. Yeah. Or something like that. I can't remember exactly what he said. But... Oh,
1: because he was, um, because the resistance killed some Cardassians and he killed the equal number and yeah. not, and no that's, more than that. That's and, justice. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's his mercy. And, yeah. And so it,
0: he, he's, a uh, yeah. And I think, um, reading over the notes, you know, they wanted to encourage viewers to. they wanted to remind r- viewers that this man is not hero like yeah. there was a period where he got a little bit re- rehabilitated when he was on that freighter and he was kind of like an underdog and everything And then he
1: stole the klingon bird of prey yeah, and, yeah yeah
0: and that was it kind of rehabilitated him a bit but we have to always remember that he is awful
1: uh before i get the sense we're kind of winding down on this episode perhaps um one thing i want to mention is is when Dax and Worf and everyone are, and O'Brien are trying to find where Cisco is and they're, and they're rescuing people. There's a, they keep looking disappointed by the people that they do rescue. I know. <laughs> like they, they transport those two people in medical distress and then realize it's not Cisco and Ducat the And they're like, ugh. You <laughs> just saved two lives. What about what about them?
0: I know that was a good fake out. Although I, I have to say, but, that it, was... but
1: it's like it's like if they had rescued Cisco, are they going to abandon everybody else I know. and then leave <laughs> because they're not as important? I know. I know. Um, no, it was uh, those poor.
0: It was. The, you could hear the contempt when she says it's like, it's an ensign and a lieutenant. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, an oh, ensign. Oh my God. Oh, I'm going to have to wash my clothes after <laughs> after saving them. Yeah, but I think it was a good fake out that moment where you think they're going to uh, mm. transport Dukat and just go up.
1: Yeah. Oh, and also earlier when, when before the, the Honshu gets blown up. Uh, Cisco's talking to Ducat and he's like, oh, do you need anything? And he asks for some booze and an Orion slave girl, just so, Yeah. just so creepy. I don't, the Orion it, thing.
0: It is creepy. And he says it in such a weird way. Yeah. Like I, I didn't actually understand it for a few seconds. Mm. And I'm like, maybe it's a Cardassian pronunciation. <laughs> Orion.
1: uh Uh, although uh trivia in the enterprise series that you'll never watch uh they do an episode where apparently orion is actually run by the women that it's a that it's it's a a big twist yeah and that they just do this to trick other people so there you go there we go (laughs) that has problems (laughs) yes that does have problems (laughs) okay Moving on to episode 12, Who Mourns for Morn? So, Matthew, please give a synopsis. Okay,
0: so in this episode, it opens with Quark receiving the news. Well, first, he has a charming hologram of Morn sitting, uh, sitting at the bar um, because Morn is away, but then he receives some news that Morn has died in a, uh, his
1: Ion Storm. Yeah, an Ion Storm has destroyed his ship. They fly through those enough, you'd think sooner or later someone would actually get blown up in one.
0: You know, ions are not that <laughs> uh,
1: not that crazy. Like, they're
0: just like little charged particles, but <laughs> apparently they can blow up ships in the 21st century. So, uh, Quirk discovers that he has been bequeathed all of Morn's belongings. At first, he's disappointed because it seems like Morn doesn't have anything. Uh, he seems to have a, just a pile of mud and uh, the black velvet painting that uh, he had previously bid on. But uh, it gradually comes to light that Morn may have access to 1,000 bricks of gold-pressed latinum. And, uh, was it, yeah, 1,000 or 10,000? I can't remember.
1: A lot. It's a lot. It's a lot.
0: It's a lot. and. and as he discovers this, he gradually starts to discover some other people who seem to want some of Morn's money. They all seem to be random individuals like his ex-wife and two people that claim that Morn had uh, loans to them. And then some man who claims to be part of the royal family, royal family on Luria, which is what uh, Morin is, a Lurian. Mm-hmm. But it all turns out that all four of them, and including Morn, had done the Mother's Day heist... On Lysepia. yeah, think, uh, that's it. yeah. and uh, they had carted off all this this money,
1: and uh, and there's a statute of limitations.
0: Yes, that mm. that ended, and so it ended two weeks ago. So now they can finally claim the money, and so they'd all come to get it from Morn, but of course he's him being dead, they can't get it. The only person who can give it to them is Cork because he can uh, uh, thumbprint his way to the money. They set up a time to get it in a cargo bay. A fight breaks out. Otto comes, arrests everyone. They find out that the uh, gold press bricks are actually not filled with anything. They're just worthless gold. <laughs> and, and then at the end, Morin reappears. He had faked his death, and he had been keeping the latinum inside one of his two stomachs. He regurgitates some for Quark. <laughs> And Quark is happy at the end.
1: Yeah. <laughs> very, very well done. What did you think about this one? Um,
0: I thought it was, you know, it was. there's some good parts to it. I was not that into the kind of wacky... Um, mm. uh, I felt like there wasn't time to breathe or, like, to, to get through some of the plot. Like, it just... Things kept happening, and I was like, I'm not that into some of these things that are happening. Like, I felt like a lot of plot for plot's sake. Mm-hmm. But I of course love Morn, and I love this whole like, this this vision into Morn's backstory and the ridiculous things that we learn about him, like um, apparently about how much he talks constantly and how everyone oh, yeah. wants him to shut up. Yeah,
1: um, and how, that's a that's a long running joke now. <laughs> yeah,
0: and how uh, and how Dax uh, apparently wanted to um, hook up with Morn, but he wasn't interested in her. Yeah, and Worf is not happy about that. Yeah. So, so there's some, some funny moments in it, but, um, and I like more, but I, I found this more boring than the previous episode.
1: Oh, I, I actually, uh, I like this a little bit more than the previous episode. Um, I thought it was lots of fun and I like the complicated plot because it's like, uh, um, you know, one of those 1950s murder mysteries or something or yeah. those things, uh, like, I, I, I think it just gets really ridiculous, which is part of its charm. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I, I liked, I liked the opening scene in this. I thought it was so well done, um, where you have the hologram and people are coming in and and, and you learn a lot about Morn just from how people react to the hologram. And the, and the joke is that he might as well be a hologram because as a viewer, he never says anything. Yeah, yeah. Although he does talk a lot. And uh, and when it's revealed that he's actually been killed is really nicely done. When Jizia comes in, and she's like, she's shocked to see him. And Cisco yeah. says, like, turn that thing off. I think I think that was a great beginning for the episode. Yeah, yeah. very very like the writing in this episode was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Quark immediately takes advantage of it for business interests and and starts this whole thing. Keep it, keep it warm, warm for more. <laughs> just <to> keep. <laughs> and everyone's like so touched by it, but he's clearly doing it so people just sit there and keep ordering drinks.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> which O'Brien and Bashir <laughs> fall for. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I like that. I like that they. They say that he won in the, in the Lyssebian lottery, which turns into, as you said, the Lyssebian Mother's Day heist. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's a lot of good. Oh, and we see the the black velvet uh, painting, Matador yeah. painting, which yeah. apparently was used by uh, Martian colonists at one point as for a their flag. Own flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember
0: we had that um, that auction that Jake uh, bought the baseball card at. Mm. The we saw uh more get this particular painting sadly the painting was destroyed
1: yeah that episode. was terrible i that, was i was not happy about that
0: yeah that, that was my, that was my saddest moment in this episode
1: i i do agree with you though that near the end it kind of drags because you're just waiting for things to kind of sort themselves out and the plot does get very complicated with all these characters and twists and the twists yeah. just kind of become too much but
0: yeah, I felt like maybe one or two of the there was just too many characters, I think, uh for such a short mm. period. And yeah, for me it was I'm not a huge fan of like overly plotted things. Mm. Um I want more of a t- more time for like like not a huge amount of time for character development and stuff, but just more of a balance and this was just a little too a little too zany for me. Mm. And,
1: uh, I, I realized I realized near the end that they did hint where <clears throat> where that it was in his second stomach. Yeah, because early on they make they go out of their way to say that he has two stomachs, and it seems like such a weird detail. Yeah, I was kind of kicking myself for not realizing at the at the end. Well,
0: I I think that was they told you those things, but there's no way you could possibly think that. Yeah. right? I don't think you're supposed to think of it. But yeah, they mention also that. Latinum is a liquid that's suspended in gold, you know, mm-hmm. and that um, that's the the only reason it's in gold is because it's a s- useful suspension for it. Yeah,
1: I think Dax is like, are you gonna count it out with an eyedropper? Otherwise, yeah. 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 And uh, and it's apparently very dense, I suppose, because
0: uh, um, when he regurgitates the liquid, it's a very small amount, but I think Cork says it's like a hundred. Bars or hundred bricks or something. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of latinum So
1: and and possibly the reason why Morn doesn't have any hair left.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's <laughs> I, I think it's a credit to the character design that Morn, like the way Morn looks. Uh, Even though the the actual actor cannot do much in that role uh-huh. because he's wearing so much makeup, the actual shape of Morn's face is very charming.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. And, yeah. and like the tiny little ears that are really high up. You, and you sound little... like Jitsiya. Do you have a thing for uh, Morn? No,
0: no, I'm not <laughs> attracted to him. But like he, uh, it's it's a charming. It's like it's like how Chewbacca is like such a charming yes. looking character, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like. You know, you could have, you can create aliens, and then just by their appearance, they just put people off. Like, a lot of people are put off by the Ferengi's appearance, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Like Bill, who we've had on this podcast a couple times. like Admiral Bill. He he hates, he hates the Ferengi. Yeah,
0: he just can't get past their appearance. Like, it's just so disgusting for him. Mm -hmm. Whereas Morn's appearance is so charming. Mm -hmm. Like, he just looks like, woo, all the time, you know? Yeah. And and then so they do that nice contrast between the fact well, that he looks he, so he, pathetic.
1: He, he is modeled after Norm, right? Yeah, From Cheers, who is also very charming. So
0: yeah, I mean Norm talked as well, but <laughs> um, but uh, he, you know, and they contrast that with the fact that he seems to be some sort of mastermind. Like Morn is actually quite intelligent, and mm-hmm. like, but he looks like a bumbling oaf, right? and uh so there's nice contrast there um no i think he's a great character Mm -hmm. and he adds you know depth and uh depth depth to the the whole experience of deep space nine of the of the space station and makes it seem more real by having him there but yeah i was um i found some of the other characters more irritating i think you know the would quirk that brick is pretty close to his chest would he have like he's used to pickpockets like would he have been uh would he have not noticed that brick being suddenly taken away from him yeah
1: you know this is dumb but i but i was like those bricks are really heavy too i mean he picked it up like it was light and then yeah he would have noticed that it was gone yeah uh yeah and just I liked the brothers; those were my
0: favorites because mm-hmm. of the way they talked. That weird, so softly, soft, yeah. And yeah. The, <laughs> and I the, like the,
1: you like the idiot brother, where he yeah. was always late in on
0: the, in on things. He just kept repeating the thing that his other brother had just said. <laughs> yeah. But the other two, I was not that crazy about. You know, I'm I'm kind of past like um, femphetal kind of. Uh, ladies and mm. stuff. I think it's kind of I, like, like you said, this is like a gumshoe movie. Yeah, like it's, uh, it's like a Mickey Spillane or whatever. You know, yeah. where you have all these.
1: You always need the Lauren Bacall or the the um, femme fatale figure in it.
0: Yeah, but I just wish that she was more, I don't know, interesting or mm-hmm. something. She she's very one note, and and the other guy is barely sketched in as a character. He's just like a a jerk, you know, mm-hmm. and so. So I feel like that maybe is also another reason why I wasn't so into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but,
1: yeah. I, I think we're on the same page for both of the, both of these episodes. Like, they're pretty decent, but they're not they're bad. Not oh, that. yeah.
0: I mean, that's the thing is, like, they're not bad, right? right. We're not comparing it to, like, uh, Runaway Home from,
1: like, the first <laughs> season or something. I am still defending <laughs> Come Along Home. <laughs>
0: whatever it is. When it, yeah. Hop
1: Along Home. Hop Along Home. Whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. I defend that just because of the hairdos. I like the hair.
0: The hair, which they won an Emmy for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like even, even episodes that are not that great are still like functional as episodes and they mm-hmm. still have something... Uh, to to, to and, say or do,
1: and both of these episodes have had really amazing moments within them that are very memorable. This what one was what well. was your favorite moment in this episode? In this episode, again the opening. I just thought it was oh, okay. so well written. Just just to start it off that way, and then realize it was a hologram, then realize that he was actually dead. Yeah. I think it was really lovely. And also that we got to see the the Martian flag or the the, the matador, paint. the velvet painting. The, velvet the, fa- the sorry, the flag was based on the painting.
0: Yeah, the velvet painting was my favorite part of the
1: episode Mm -hmm. i was very saddened when it was destroyed oh you know what you know what else i liked in this his mud bath i mean they they clearly just got a hot tub which was clearly a hot tub you could see (laughs) uh they didn't really uh do much to change it but but i liked that he did that and it was good for his skin yeah i liked his mud bath too i liked all
0: the little windows into into mourn's life i liked his painting that they Mm. had the memorial painting that was really nice
1: Oh, there's yeah. that funny touch where Quark has a terrible lock that people keep picking it. Yeah, you'd think, that, you'd think that Quark of all people would have a good lock. Yeah. As we've seen, uh, when he locked up his bar, it was incredibly hard to pick, but...
0: Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a problem for me, too. I was like, this yeah. seems like, why are they so... I guess because they did the Mother's Day heist. They're good at picking locks. Right, right. But, yeah, uh... But yeah, I mean, my favorite moment was just the scene at the end with Morin and Quirk, where their Quirk is like,
1: "Don't even tell me," you know? It's so silly. It's <laughs> yeah, so silly. All, yeah, that joke never gets tired.
0: Yeah, but it's like, and Morin is just so. Yeah, yeah, like that's what I, I, I like. Like Morin has such a good character, like such he radiates a very specific character that he doesn't mm-hmm. even have to say anything, and
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you're like, oh, I'm charmed by you, you
1: know. <laughs> I think we, yeah. Do we all have friends like that where just they're just charming just based on their their presence, their presence, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think we have all encountered people like that where they're mm-hmm. just like their presence is instantly charming. Yeah, you, you just
1: know? want to know more about them.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and more is definitely that.
1: I guess that's it. Yeah, I don't, yeah.
0: Well, we can finish up. I haven't watched any episodes of Discovery lately, so I can't really talk about it.
1: No, I I haven't either. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm I gonna should. get I'm gonna get caught up. Maybe in the next episode we can we can continue to see where it's at. Continue to complain about Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. And Who knows? Much- I'm an optimist. We'll see.
0: Michael <laughs> there's a fine line between optimism
1: and being a fool <laughs> I, th- I think I've crossed over yeah many years ago <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anywho, I think we'll finish there so once again thanks for listening and uh if you'd like to contact us uh send us a tweet I've been responding to a few tweets recently um Facebook messages you can send us an email at rrds 9 podcastgmailcom at gmail.com and once again have a great week